morning. Uh, we will get into the scripture this morning in 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, I do want to just comment, though. Uh, Don messaged me yesterday after the uh, broadcast and thought maybe we lost a few people because of the subject matter. Uh, and I just want to talk about that. Uh, you cannot divorce uh, politics from world occurrences. Uh, it is all interrelated, folks. Now, maybe not into you know, the campaigning and all of that, but uh, a national policy uh, about world uh, events uh, and world locations like the Middle East, it, it is all tied into all things spiritual. And that's part of the problem in our world is we have people who want to divorce it and say, well, you know, you ever talk to somebody, say, well, I don't want to talk about religion or politics. It's all related. Uh Really, and those that, that want to separate it don't realize uh, the spiritual nature 
behind everything in our world. Uh, everything can, can be related back to spirituality, can be related to uh, what happens in that fourth dimension, the spiritual dimension. And for those that, that don't want to uh, consider that, um, they're missing something major. And uh, listen, decisions made by, by, by politicians uh, and by state departments, especially in relationship to things in the Middle East, all have an impact, some negative, some positive. So, um, And I want to challenge you and encourage you to be a Christian who has a, a, a Christian worldview, a Christian perspective that, that don't think, well, here's my church life and here's everything else, or here's my, my devotional life and here's everything else. Your, your Christianity should go with you to work. Your Christianity should should go with you when you watch the news. Your Christianity should go with you when you go to vote. And by the way, is that today? Um, this is not primaries, but uh, this is today, the second Tuesday of the month. Uh, I've got to look and see because I don't I don't remember. No, we've got one more to, oh, she says, yes, go vote. Are we sure? Is it not the second Tuesday or is it the first Tuesday? Voting is today. Virginia voting is today. Okay, well, there you go. Maybe it's the first Tuesday. Yeah, that would make sense, the first Tuesday of the month. So uh, uh, some things are the second Tuesday, Something, but voting is the first Tuesday of the month of November. So go today, go vote. Um I don't know that we have some of the large things like you'll be able to vote on uh, in the primaries next spring, but that is a Christian thing to do. Don't, however, do what some people do and associate your politics with your Christianity you, you, in this sense. I'm a Christian because I'm a Republican or I'm a Christian because I'm a Democrat or I'm a Christian because, no, you're a Christian if you follow Jesus Christ and are surrendered him as your Lord, then you're a Christian. Um, and uh, so just want to make sure that we understand these things. And I appreciate Don raising that, uh, that issue, that question. And um, uh, yesterday, and I just want to underscore it for us today that especially the things happening in the Middle East relate to so much of what we've taught in the past it relates to the book of Revelation it relates to the book of uh, Ezekiel uh, in the setting the world stage uh, things that are happening with inflation all those things could be a part of this and and so as we get into first Corinthians 10 uh, e- even the title here on the very top says warning against idolatry well, I am wanting to issue a warning, too, a, a warning of not engaging ourselves, our, our, our Christianity in our politics. Uh, and that's where I say sometimes I think that the Republicans missed the boat. I think that the, the Democrats missed the boat when they go to the extremes. I think that there are things that the Democrats care about uh, that, that all of us should care about. I think that there are things that the Republicans care about that all of us should care about, but but they often will go to extremes. For us as Christians, what does God care about? What is righteousness or justice by God's standard, and how does that come to 
to bear in legislation? Uh, how does that come to bear in, in morality and all of those things? And so we should be concerned. Warning against idolatry. And this warning that is going to come up here in this this passage, he's going to point back to the nation of Israel and say, watch out for uh, all of those things that uh, that the nation of Israel failed to do. Uh, and Priscilla, I think... Uh, And and here's here's questions uh, uh, one two and four. Uh, on at least one person indicating Fran indicating what what she voted. So uh, you know you, you need to you need to think with clarity as you go to vote. We in relationship to this passage in relationship to the nation of Israel need to learn from their example, and that is exactly what Paul is doing here, saying don't do what they did. Uh, and so he picks up and he says, yes, I do not want you to be ignorant in fact, of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers, and remember Paul was Jewish, were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. Now, what cloud is he talking about? He's talking about the cloud that followed them uh, in the daytime, or actually didn't follow them, but ahead of them. Uh, there, there was a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day that indicated how God would direct them. Wouldn't that be great to have in our day? Wouldn't you like to have something like a cloud that moves and you know it's God moving or a pillar of fire at night so you know absolutely unequivocally this is God's will, this is where God wants me to go. God has given us his word. God has given us uh, pastors and elders and, and, and other Christians that we can look to, that we can talk to. We can get encouragement from to know where to go. But it says they all were under the cloud, and that's that cloud that led them. And they all passed through the sea. What sea? The sea, the Red Sea. Uh, so those first out of Egypt all saw all of those things together. They all experienced those things together. They were all led by God in that way together. And it says they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, what, what does it mean by baptized into Moses. They, they were meant to follow Moses. They were meant to do the things that Moses instructed them to do. Moses was their leader. And so even for us as Christians, we're baptized into Jesus. Jesus is our leader. Uh, Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is our Savior. So in that sense, we're all baptized into Jesus. But for them, in the experience, you go back and read the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, and you see you see the cloud, you see the sea, you see these things. Then it says this in verse 3, they all ate the same spiritual food. Now, actually, they all ate the same real food. They ate, they ate the manna that God sent down. Manna, what is it? It's a bready, bready type of substance God provided from heaven. All they had to do was step outside the dough in the morning, and, and there it was for them to, to take up and to get. Uh, and then he would send quail, uh, and so he gave them all the same food, and they had to get creative with what they would do with that food. But God was providing. Wouldn't wouldn't it be great to be in a position where you're not worrying about that money? You know, I was uh, this morning early just thinking about things, and uh, uh, I don't want to say worrying, but fact is probably so uh, over money issues and. Uh, um, myself or other people, just just things that are going on, uh, in 
in people's life, the inflation and how that impacts us. Uh, uh, thinking about okay, time to get the oil tank refilled. Probably again here as we get probably first part of December or something to get us through a few months of winter and, and so on. Um, now, why why am I talking about this? Uh, God's provision, the spiritual food he provided. Wouldn't it be great to not have to worry? They didn't have to worry. All they had to do was follow. That was it. Uh, follow where the cloud went and, and, and don't do the things that they weren't supposed to do and do the things that they were supposed to do. And, and God provided their food. God provided their sustenance. And, and to think they had it in many ways so good. Um, and then it continues on in verse 4 and says, and they drank the same spiritual drink. They drank from the same spiritual rock that accompanied him. That rock was Christ. So, so Paul's saying that even the rock that they had back in their day from which the water came, at least is illustrative of, of Jesus, uh, symbolic of Jesus, uh, who gives us our spiritual drink who provides for us. And in fact, I'm saying, wouldn't it be nice to step out and there's your food every day, you know, be like having Duncan on your doorstep type thing. And uh, um, that that's exactly, or, or Chick-fil-A on your doorstep, either one. Uh, and God took care of them in that way. But you know what? We're called still even today to live in that type of faith, to live in that type of obedience and and to live in that type of trust and to, to try to align ourselves with, with God and, and to trust in God and for God to take care of us. Uh, they, they had that. They had water provided. They had food provided. And yet it says in verse 5, it says, Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. And so their bodies were scattered over the desert. If you go back and read through the the book of Exodus, you you will find these things. Why were their bodies scattered over the desert? Well, the reason that their bodies were scattered over the desert simply was because they failed to obey and failed to do the things that God did for them. I remember Moses had gone up on the mountain, and uh, he was there for several days, long enough that people thought, oh, something happened to Moses. He probably got killed by a lion or a, a mountain lion or bear or some animal and he's probably dead so we need to come up with our own plan and they come up with a plan and, and, and form their their golden calf i believe that's exodus 32 because they they could not trust in the god they could not see and we are called to trust in a god that we cannot see and, and so from that occurrence we see their bodies being scattered over the desert we see their bodies being scattered over the desert because of other things that we're going to read here in this passage, it serves as a warning to us. Uh, verse 6 says, uh, Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Now what evil things? Let me move this text up a little bit. It says, do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. What is pagan revelry? Uh, we will look at this also in the message and read it, and I think it will be instructive for us. Uh, it goes on, it says that we should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 of them died. God had told them. Uh, this this is perhaps post-commands, and 
God has told them what not to do and what are they doing. Uh, and you could call it a, a, a massive orgy. Uh, husband swapping, wife swapping, uh, all kinds of sexual morality that took place. Uh, and you, you go back and you read in the book of uh, Exodus how 23,000 of them died in one day. It says, we should not test the Lord, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And here's one. Some of us might say, well, I, I wouldn't commit sexual idolatry. Uh, I wouldn't. You know, I, I don't drink. I'm a teetotaler. I don't drink. So, you know, drinking, that's not a problem for me. Uh, pagan revelry, well, you know, that, that type of party scene, that's not a problem for me. Sexual morality, uh, that's not a problem for me. What about verse 10, though? And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. They were grumbling against the Lord. The food isn't good enough. The, the water isn't good enough. The water's not cold enough. The, 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 the leadership of, of Moses is too poor. And, and all of these different types of things, they grumbled. We are told in the book of Philippians, do everything without murmuring and grumbling. Uh, so, aha, how many of us should raise our hand and go, okay, got me got me on that point, got me on the point of grumbling. Uh, and, and they were really, truly, not just grumbling like, my coffee's too cold or, you know, it's not strong enough or, you know, my latte isn't good enough or yada, yada, yada. Um, no, uh, they were really grumbling after God's direct provision for them. Verse 11, he says this. He says, these things happen to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. We are being warned about these things. And and some as Christians would say, well, I would never do any of those things. So he says in verse 12, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Now I'm, I'm going to stop there for just a moment. I'm going to take this over into the English Standard Version for a moment. The spiritual rock uh, passing through the sea. That is Exodus chapter 14, verse 21. And this, this again, I'm using the eSword Bible app if you're on the screen looking. I love this app because you can do things like this. Passed through the sea. That, that references... Uh, Exodus 14, 22, they all ate the same spiritual food, and there are several references there, Exodus 16, 15, Exodus 16, 35, Deuteronomy 8, 3, uh, the spiritual food that has relationship to the New Testament. Uh, Overthrown in the wilderness or laid low or buried might be another example. Uh, Idolaters. Exodus 32.4, that's the golden calf. Uh, Exodus 32.6, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up uh, to play. Uh, it, it compares um, Acts 15.20 in some of the sexual immorality that can take place. It goes back to Numbers chapter 25 and verse 1. Uh says we must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. You can find that in Numbers chapter 21 in verse 6. 
nor grumble as some of them did. Numbers 14, 2. And were destroyed by uh, by the destroyer. Numbers 14, 29 through 37. Uh, the message puts all of this this way. We will pick up in verse 1. It says, remember our history, friends. Remember, again, Paul's Jewish. Be warned. All our ancestors were led by the providential cloud and taken miraculously through the sea. They went through the waters in a baptism like ours as Moses led them from the enslaving death to salvation life. They all ate and drank identical food and drink, meals provided daily by God. They drank from the rock, God's fountain for them that stayed with them wherever they were. The rock was Christ. Uh, but just experiencing God's wonder and grace didn't seem to mean much. Most of them were defeated by temptation during the hard times in the desert, and God was not pleased. The same thing can happen to us. We must be on guard so that we never get caught up in wanting our own way as they did. And we must not turn to our religion. We must not turn our religion into a circus as they did. First the people partied, then they threw a dance. Keep going. It says uh, we must not be sexually promiscuous. They paid for that. Remember, twenty-three thousand deaths in one day. Uh, we must never try to get Christ to serve us instead of us serving Him. They tried it, and God launched an epidemic of poisonous snakes. We must be careful not to stir up discontent because discontent destroyed them. These are all warning markers, capital letters danger in our history books written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, we at the end, and we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. So don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You can fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's clueless. Cultivate God confidence. Now, I, I love that line, uh, cultivate God confidence, and that's just exactly what we need to do. Now, there, there are some comments I want to go back to and, and uh, pull in. Uh, Walter saying, I, I want to be engaged with individual people where they are as it relates to their connection with God. I I can't change the world, but I can possibly offer hope to someone who is overcome with what's happening in the world. And and there is a lot happening in our world. We talked about that yesterday and how it all ties together. And and we can offer that hope. And and, uh, first, we ourselves must live in that hope. Uh, Nell has said that this reminds me of the time as God is leading me to give someone a considerable amount of money. I gave it and I went to the mailbox later that day. I received a bill that I was not expecting. My heart fell. I thought I must have missed God's leading. Uh, but uh, lent the money or gave the money. Uh, later that week, my hubby quickly recovered. Uh, and it turned and turned it over to God, believing he had told me to give the money. Later that week, my hubby sold a piece of equipment he had had for sale for months. And God does lead us. He does provide for us daily. And, and, and we need to live in that faith. And, and I would say hear, hear to those words because 
we need to live in that faith. And, and, and I'm reminded of that, you know, going away as we did to Tennessee. I mean, it, it wasn't free to do that. And, and yet we saw God's provision uh, in, in many ways uh, along the way uh, in that trip. And we're so absolutely grateful uh, for how we can trust in the Lord. And uh, now their circumstances weren't like totally ideal circumstances. They were, they were challenging circumstances. I mean, they were living in the desert. They were living in, in tents. They weren't living in homes. Uh, you know, they, they they probably didn't have access. They didn't have onions. They didn't have leeks. They didn't have onions. They didn't have access to coffee and tea and lattes and espressos and and you know those those necessities of life. They they didn't have uh, access to those things. So it wasn't like their situation was entirely easy. But God did lead them. God was ahead of them in the cloud and the pillar of fire. God provided for their needs. God is saying to us, trust me. Now, I'm maybe saying these words for, for my own benefit today. Trust me. Do what I've asked you to do and trust me. Well, our, well we have eyes of faith that look up in trust to him. But then there are all these other warning things about what not to do. And, you know, there, there are some in our culture that would say, well, we, we can ignore many of these things. Uh, you know, now, like in verse 7, it says, uh, first the people parted, then they threw a dance. Now, we're not talking about a contra dance like uh, Christ the King or, or a Sacramentum School has been doing. We're not talking that. Theirs was the the sexual-oriented type of dancing and uh, uh, that led to all this promiscuity. And, and there is a difference between the two. There's a difference between a square dance uh, and, and this tight body rubbing against body, grinding it out uh, type of dancing that if you ever watch, tele- I've never been to a dance like that, but if you ever watch television and, and like things like uh, uh, CSI, Crime Scene Investigators, and often they'll, they'll, they'll show you know these people in these clubs and I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me, but just what they're doing and we're not talking. That's the type of dancing that these people were doing, and uh, they turned their religion into a circus. They they were sexually promiscuous. They paid for it, and for us to understand not to, not to be that way. Uh, and and I like exactly what he says in verse nine. This is Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. In verse nine, he says, "We must never." We must try. We must never try to get Christ to serve us instead of us serving Him. That's what we need to do. Uh, serving Him, and there was one other line here. Yes, down at verse twelve, that it was so good. It says, "You could fall flat on your face as easy as anybody else." We'd all say, "Here, here," and it's true. It says, "Forget about self confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. Our confidence needs to be." In God, our confidence needs to be in in His provision for us, and His love for us, and His care for us, and His presence with us. Our confidence needs to be in Him. Cultivate God confidence. Now, I could uh, I could pick up and go further, but I think that that we will finish this chapter tomorrow. We've already spent almost the full half hour. I think it's a great landing place. To, to take these three words with us from Eugene Peterson's message paraphrase. 
here in verse 12, we must cultivate God confidence. Right down here, cultivate God confidence. Forget about self-confidence. Cultivate God confidence. We can trust him. We can look to him. He will take care of us. So may we be people who, who grow. May we encourage each other to trust God, to walk with God, to believe in God. To, For me, it, it's the fishes and the loaves. And uh, I, I'm reminded of that with what I'm called to do and uh, uh, to trust him. May we be people who trust him today. Cultivate God confidence today, my friends. Lord, make that our prayer that we would be confident in you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. See you tomorrow, friends.